Welcome to Talking Talk, the podcast for the media bias.com. My name's TJ. I'm here today with Chris. Hello. It's just us two. It's Monday. We're braving the uh, try to get an Oscar recap podcast out for all tens of you <laughs> on time. So, In case you want to know what we thought about Which the is Oscars. Just generally just going to be what happened. Right. <laughs> so I don't know who the people are that didn't watch the Oscars but are listening to this podcast. Yeah, that is an interesting Venn diagram. <laughs> you should stop, though, I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, 91st Academy Awards went down this past Sunday, two days ago, yep. if you're listening on drop date for this podcast. And uh, we're going to talk about some opinions on how the show went and then just hit a few highlights. This will probably be a 30-minute or so podcast. Um and I can edit that later to whatever time I want. Yeah. <laughs> it goes over or under. <laughs> you can edit what you just said about how long it's going to be. That's what, that's what I mean. Um, so I guess the big news with the Oscars going in was that there was no host the first time in you know, 30 or so years. So they were, were hostless. Yeah. Do you think it hurt it? Or helped it? Or did you not care? Uh, I really didn't like it as much without a host. I kind of agree. I, there's something that a host does that I think that the Oscars really needs, and that's someone to kind of take some swings at the whole process. Uh, it is such a self-aggrandizing event that, <laughs> like, the it's not for everyone argument is just so much more true when all that anyone's talking about is, like, self-congratulation. I mean, David pointed out that this is... Already super self-congratulatory, masturbatory, and then they literally started with the song, We Are the Greatest. We Are the Champions. We Are the yeah. Champions, yeah. It's so funny. It's a great point. Uh, all standing up, applauding themselves. Yeah. I mean, we, we love them, so we're not, love movies and what Hollywood does, but it was really damn funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of agree. You said something after the ceremony, like as soon as it was over, uh, that I thought was good, which is like, I want to show. Yeah. Like, I want that Neil Patrick Harris, like, grand uh, shit that's going on. Right. And that those, like, Seth MacFarlane rips or that Chris Rock just straight stand-up Chris Rock-style thing. I want that. You know what I mean? Or I want Ellen DeGeneres ordering pizzas or shooting t-shirt cannons. Like, I want it to be fun. I don't want to just sit there for three hours and watch awards being given away. Right. But that was the, you know, good thing about this was... We're usually, we all go to Chris's place to watch Oscars normally, and uh, we're usually out of there at like 12.30 after like 20 minutes of talk after the thing is over, and it was shorter this year, even with them having to announce every category on screen. Right. <laughs> because all that shit was gone. It was just it was just performances and awards, and that was it. Right. It wasn't anything else. And it wasn't even all five songs. It was just four of them. Cause right. Yeah. I think there was problems getting performers for the Black Panther song. Right. But you had that. You know, you had four songs. You had the opening like bit with the three SNL queens, yeah. and other than that, it was just awards. There weren't anything else. In memoriam happened, and that was it. Yeah, I mean, the, what else was there? The museum pitch. Yeah, which sure, of like, course, they're going to advertise their physical space that they're finally going to have, <laughs> right? Which like the Oscars should have had a museum in the like thirties. Yeah, should, shouldn't have taken ninety-one years, <laughs> right? Um, but all in all, I did miss it. I mean, I did streamline it, but people who watch that shit, do they really want it streamlined? That's my thing. Like, again, I think part of the whole thing with Green Book winning, which we'll get into some winners and snubs later, but, uh, 
I think they're like trying to fix a problem that's not there. Like they know there's an issue, and they're like, "We gotta fix this." And like, we gotta make it shorter, more people will watch it. People aren't gonna watch the Oscars because they don't like the Oscars. Yeah, they don't like the ego. They don't like the self back scratching. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it if it's six hours long. Oh yeah. So, and I think most people that watch it are in that boat. Um, yeah, it's 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 that weird trying not like the trying to solve a problem that doesn't exist is like there's some like Oscar board member who thinks that there's this demographic that's out there who loves movies who pays attention to when movies say academy award winner xyz before they like rent something or buy it or go to the theater but who isn't already watching the oscars right they don't exist no this is a mythical creature they've invented yeah and it's the same way with like oh it's like oscar so white from like 2014 or 15 or whenever that was it's like we need to like Spike Lee was deserved but like green book which i don't think was i didn't i probably like green book more than anybody else on the podcast me and you, I guess, liked it more than David and Brad yeah. did for sure. But, uh, like, oh, we need to have, like, black winners. It's like, no, the Oscars isn't the problem with Oscars and White. It's that there's no black movies being made. There right. aren't black directors. There aren't black producers. That's the issue. You have to... It takes time. You can't fix that shit in a year. Yeah. Y'all are kind of doing it. Like, Jordan Peele is huge and on the scene. And, you know, Spike Lee had a very successful, good movie. Um and they should be awarded when they're there, but like the problem isn't that you're just not awarding the ones that are there. The problem is there's not enough of them there. Right. So don't pick the shitty movie. Not that Green Book was shitty, but don't pick the like weird Oscar winner because it was about a black thing. Um and pick the one that had like white savior backlash. Right. It's so weird. The one where one of the co stars got in hot water for like using the N word. Yeah, it had to be bailed out by his co-star pretty much and was like Vigo's not an evil guy <laughs> yeah um so I don't know that was weird but I, I had on our list here like were there any good jokes that hit and there weren't any jokes I mean I saw some Trevor Noah shit today did you see any of that no <clears throat> he spoke and I'm gonna be ignorant and just claim I don't remember the language but he spoke and said something in a language oh, I can't pronounce it because it's uses a yeah, a vocal like South African local it's, dialect. It's spelled L H O S A. It's yeah. his native language. Okay, but um, the L is like kind of a I don't want a big stereotype, but it is like a click in your mouth, right? But he uh, apparently Elsa. said during that whole like thing, the the language he used was translated to "white people don't know that I'm lying," <laughs> <laughs> which uh, he said that straight face. So that's a gag I got, you know, twelve hours later that I thought was pretty yeah. funny. Um, I mean, the Brian Tyree Henry and Melissa McCarthy thing was hilarious. That was the best scripted moment of the night, I thought. Yeah, them coming out in Funniest like... scripted moment of the night. Like, over-the-top Olivia Coleman dress and Mary Poppins get-up for Brian Tyree Henry. It was just hilarious. Yeah, and they're going to be in a movie we'll talk about in the next podcast this year. I didn't know the tie-in, but they're going to be in something together, which will be fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, like, I mean, the, the three, like, iconic SNL women were... They were good, but I can't... Right now, I couldn't tell you any of the jokes that they told. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's... Like, I, I feel like it is a disservice to the Oscar telecast when you don't have a moment the next day where you go, did that joke go too far? Like, that is the whole point of, like, comedy writing. Not the whole point. But that's, you know, is, is pushing the envelope. And there was... This was so safe. Yeah. And whoever their, like, creative vision was behind this, it just it just felt so neutered. Well, and I wonder if that's part of the host thing, too, is because the hosts always bring their own writing crew and do the writing themselves, yeah. and this one just didn't have one, I guess. They didn't have, like, a theme. There wasn't... 
I mean, even the ones that busted, like the Neil Patrick Harris. Remember the like safe in the back? I've got the Oscar winner. I'll, yeah, like it busted. wasn't funny. It didn't work, but it was something. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but as far as performances go, they were also fairly forgettable, except for the one that was shot like a movie. Yeah. Um, which David messaged us before the podcast wanted us to mention that it was uh, directed by Bradley Cooper. That whole shallow performance was which makes sense because it was beautiful and awesome and well done yeah I mean it felt like a scene plucked out of the movie yeah them coming up out of the crowd like at first I was like and then I was like oh this this fits yeah um, it worked uh, by far the best performance of the show though I thought the Gillian Welch was great I was going to say I wouldn't say by far because I thought that, that was a really good performance of uh, when a cowboy trades his spurs for wings right I thought that was that was really good their, their, their harmony was just beautiful um I don't know. It just I, I yeah, liked it was the, great. I liked that a lot more hearing it on stage at the Oscars than I did hearing it in the movie. Because it's, it's a pretty song without the like slapstick context of the right. film, you know. Um, but honestly, I mean, like I'm I'm a fan of what Jennifer Hudson's talents are. She's really good at what she does, but it was forgettable. And the I same mean, same with Bette Miller. I was like, eh. yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, I think both of those songs. I, I also, you know, not that I'm going to stand too hard, but. That's the thing that the place where lost things go from Mary Poppins Returns isn't the best song in that. Yeah, but the best song, the song that I like the best in that is the one that's kind of like jaunty and upbeat and is like the kind of fun, like telling stories about fantastical characters. Like that'll never get the fucking Oscars, right? Like they didn't even nominate everything as awesome, or they didn't they didn't give it the award which it deserved that year. Yeah, that shit was great. That was a great performance. <laughs> yeah. Um, but to get to some of what, what happened, uh, awards wise there, uh, we mentioned earlier, Green Book won Best Picture, which wasn't a huge upset. It was like odds second behind Roma, but still felt like it, like I never thought it was going to happen until yeah. it happened. Uh, David called it. Yeah. Um, David had a ridiculous night, by the way. We'll yeah. let him talk about it next podcast he's on, but he would have top 10 Gold Derby. Oh, he didn't submit the ballot? Nope. What? an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> no. Um, I always do on Gold Derby because they have the number one person on the podcast. <laughs> I'm right. always like, a free press for us. <laughs> um, but yeah, David had Green Book win in screenplay too. Yep. And that, uh, he missed three. He missed Skin, which was the live action short winner. Yeah. He missed Olivia Coleman, which zero experts on Gold Derby had her winning. Wow. Uh, everybody had close. It was the biggest upset in Oscars in a long time. And, uh, I forget the other one he had. Editing was Bohemian Rhapsody, which was... Also surprise. Yeah, one of the... I mean, that was Brent's kind of throne, but I agreed with him. It wasn't edited well. <laughs> no. I, I, I wonder if there's something that we don't know that Ace knows where the editing... Where the film was in much rougher shape. So, I had that thought, too. Kind of like the uh, Christopher Plummer getting a nomination yeah. last year. Like, I wonder if they were like, oh, he had a film that was shot by one director for all but two weeks. And then shot by somebody else. And he made it, like, coherent. But it's not coherent? Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> like, it's... I didn't understand the, how time traveled in that film. Yeah. Uh, it was... I mean, a friend of the site, Mike, uh, he didn't get to see all the Best Picture nominees, but his preferential ballot was, like, the three movies he'd seen, and then he put in, like, and then any order of the other four, and then at the bottom, Bohemian Rhapsody. Right, yeah. Um, and that's the other thing about Green Book that's so sad, is that it's getting all this shit you know day after but it's not the worst nominee this year yeah 
Um, so, so, and just just to piggyback off of that, uh, you will be hearing me talk about this during watch list when we're back to our normally scheduled programming. This, this is basically our big exhale for the year because Oscars are finally over. I can watch whatever I want. It's yeah, great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Kelly was like, "What should I watch?" And I was like, "I hear Umbrella Academy is great. Like, we should watch that." Uh, which before undertaking like season one, episode one of a TV show would have been just unheard of. Right. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go back just in a backlash to Green Book. And try and watch all the Best Picture winners. Uh, not in any order, but just as I can find them. Apparently Hoopla's got a lot of Best Picture winners from like... Yeah, I've seen that. Back in the golden age of movies? What is that called? Yeah. Okay. But it's got... I think Canopy's got wings. So I'm going nice. to be pressuring someone in school to give me their Canopy login. <laughs> yeah, I've got one. So we're good. <laughs> Alright. Um, but... Yeah, so I'm gonna watch those because yeah, I, I want to too. I want to undertake that with you because I, I did some stupid like Buzzfeed Buzzfeed quiz while I was lying in bed. It was like, how many of the last thirty have you seen? And the, the, I'm missing one, which is the English patient. So I was like, oh, I should wrap that up. I think I'm missing like four from the last thirty years. Yeah, and it's like Chicago and English patient, which is on Netflix now, so you could start yeah tomorrow. Um, yeah, uh, and uh, I forget the other one. But oh, yeah. the artist we talked about. That. Oh yeah, that's right. Because I have that. What that movie is about, I have zero initiative to start it, even though I know it's supposed to be fantastic. Yeah, it's 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 a good watch. Um, but so some, yeah, something's got to be worse than Green Book for a winner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think like Shakespeare in Love is close. Um, but again, like, they're three star movies. They're not like. Shit, you right? Know what I mean, oh yeah, I mean, and Green, Green Book is a fine movie. Yeah, me and you argued for Mahershala to win an Oscar for it, like, yeah, adamantly. So yeah, um, the movie that, in my opinion, should have won, and I think most people thought should have won, was Roma. Uh, it didn't win Best Picture, but Alfonso Cuarón did go three for four. Yeah, had a good night. Foreign language, cinematography, and director. Uh, really, really impressive. And again, you made a good point of that makes sense. Like that's all his. That was his baby. You know oh, yeah. what I mean? Like, 100% through and through. It's like if... The, it's what I was arguing on the Oscar podcast we did. It's, you know, Green Book. The best things about Green Book are Mahershala Ali. The best things about Roma are Alfonso Cuaron. So, where he can get nominated, fucking give him the award. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, I guess he missed out on writing, too. But that movie, the screenplay, not its, like, strongest suit. Not that it was bad at all, but just not a lot of... I haven't looked at that script, but not a ton of dialogue in that movie. It's also interesting, because I've heard a lot of stories about them filming that movie, and I don't think that there was... I mean, there's obviously a screenplay that he's working off of. Sure. But it was not a well-circulated screenplay, to the point where, because he was a cinematographer, because he was the director, because he was the screenwriter, he was telling actors the day of what they were shooting and would give them their like lines that day. Nice. So... You know, would would tell them the scene, and you know, of course, they had like you know, the the larger script, but they had no they had no idea. Yeah. So it's I don't know. It, it was an interesting choice, and maybe that's why. But part of the reason why I was nominated for screenplay is because it was kind of a difficult screenplay to work with. Yeah, I can see that. Um, and I know that you know some of these nominations are insular like that, like the what we all assume is what happened with Bohemian Rhapsody getting editing. Right. Yeah. Um, um, biggest upset of the night, though, is not Green Book, uh, oddly. It's Olivia Coleman taking Best Picture, which was not undeserved. She was phenomenal right. and the favorite. And uh, probably had the funniest non-scripted moment of the night. Her speech was 
terrific, even though I only understood like 80% of it because she was talking to, not because she's British. She was just so excited. Yeah. And, you know, it was such an upset. I'm sure she knew. Right. That she wasn't supposed to win, in air quotes, you know, yeah. that uh, award. And Glenn Close was like gorgeous in her, you know, whatever that word I'm looking for is. She was super grateful for. I mean, that was my the line I remember from Louis Coleman's speech is like, "Glenn, you're my idol." It wasn't supposed to be like this. Yeah, <laughs> that was really great. Um, but that's the biggest acting upset in a, in a long time. Um, Olivia Coleman winning Best Actress, and on the other side of the lead actor, you have a uh, Rami Malek, first Arab American ever to win the award. Which is cool. Yep, and he was good. Yeah, and his speech was good, and it was important. He's Egyptian, right? Yeah, yeah. He's first gen American. Yeah. So his parents were born in Egypt. Yeah, he and Lucy Boynton make an adorable couple. Yeah, that's great. I didn't know they were an item until last night. I didn't know either. Apparently, it was also a big hubbub at the Globes because he brought her there also and had a similar speech. Nice. Um, but yeah, it was. I mean, Rami Malek is a great actor. Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody aside, yes. Um, and I hope you're okay, Rami. If you're listening, apparently he took a big spill walking off the stage. Right really? afterwards, like oh. medics came. Oh, yeah, uh, but he was laughing in the pictures I saw. Okay, <laughs> like, but I don't know if he could have laughed with a broken ankle. You know what I mean? <laughs> and just been like, God damn it! I wonder what Rami Malek looks like laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I listened to an interview with him this morning actually with Terry Gross uh, on NPR, and uh, he's a great interview. He's a good guy. Yeah, um, and I've never watched one second of uh, not I Robot, Mister Robot, mm-hmm. um, but they played the audio of a scene in that first episode where he's busting the guy with the child pornography ring. Yeah, that's the first uh, episode, yeah. yeah. It sounded really good and cool. Yeah. Um, so, best thing I might dive into that at some point. Ronnie Malik is great, but the best thing about Mr. Robot is how it's shot. And yeah, I, I've heard like, that. SNL did the parody where it's always like characters like kind of barely on frame. <laughs> um, more first, uh, this was weird. I didn't know this until after the ceremony, but Regina King initially turned down Bill Street uh, said she was done with film. Huh. Um, so this is her first film in nine years. That's and, cool. yeah. Didn't have any rust to shake off. I never saw it, but you did, <laughs> and you thought she was incredible. Yeah. Um, and they, they showed, I mean, like, one of the best parts of the best scene in that movie for her, like... So I was going to ask you later if that was her, like, Viola Davis in Doubt kind of Yeah, oh, that's... Moment. Okay. It's all, it's all that scene. Okay, cool. She's still um, present in the movie, but it's all that scene. Nice. So... That's awesome that she got to win, uh, got a win there. Uh, Spike Lee's first competitive Oscar, somehow. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but well-deserved, and something that I think that was the best of that category, regardless. Yeah. So didn't feel like a departed Scorsese kind of thing. No. Um, Black Lansom had an incredible screenplay, and his speech was great. Yep. Um, <clears throat> not to get super political, but Trump tweeted back at him like from the speech. Really? And called it racist. Called his speech racist. And then I went back and read the speech and it mentions Trump a total of zero times. It just says like... He's 2020's around the corner. 2020's around the corner. Be on the right side. Let's do the right thing. Yeah. And it's like... I almost posted something on Facebook today. Not through any of the website stuff. But just like... Maybe when somebody just says something nice about something. Like, hey, let's all do the right thing here. And you go, that's racist. <laughs> Maybe it's some time for like reflection. <laughs> yeah, it's like when someone, 
when someone run, runs up to you and goes like, did you know there was a murder yesterday? <laughs> it's like, you're suspect number one now, buddy. <laughs> to, to all of a sudden just be like, hey, this stuff that it may or may not be about me, it's super racist. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's your knee-jerk reaction for a reason, bud. Right. He just talked about how, like, slavery sucked. Like, yeah. Yeah, it did. Yeah. <laughs> it was horrible. Um, a horrible segue here, but we did have two first time, uh, first off, we had the first black woman to win a non-acting Oscar in over 30 years, which is fucking, makes me sad that I care about the Oscars. <laughs> it was a miserable fact, but we had two and, uh, they were great. Hannah Beachler was a production design head for Black Panther and Ruthie Carter, uh, was the costume design head for Black Panther and they both won and... That's awesome. Which I love that because we, I mean, that's, I think those were the two biggest categories that the four of us were like, Black Panther 100% deserves these fucking wins here. Yeah. I mean, there were other movies in those categories that I wouldn't have been upset if they won. Right. But Black Panther was definitely in the upper echelon there. Um, Another Black Panther ended up with three awards, those two, and uh, another New Blood uh, composer, which I love because that category is so like the same 12 dudes and they're fucking incredible at what they do it's john williams and it's uh who's tarantino's dude there's like greenwood spot yeah the display there's tons and they get nominated it seems like three of them get nominated every year yeah this is a one of them really gets nominated twice one year yeah (laughs) but this is a ludwig gorson who um has scored i believe just three movies fruitvale station creed and black panther he was at film school with Ron Coogler at USC, it was just his roommate. And yeah. when he was making Fruitvale Station, he had no money, Coogler. And he was like, I need a score. Like, can you just score this movie for me? Who did it for free? Um, so that's a super fun story. It's yeah. just a college roommate getting an Oscar win. Uh, and Coogler, I'm sure, will have one before he said none. He's an incredible filmmaker. Oh, yeah. It's, I did think it was funny, though. I saw some Twitter backlash. Uh, someone tweeting, like, I thought Black Panther was supposed to be the movie that, that celebrates black people that... Uh, that amazing score wins and here's this weird looking white guy. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But it's Ryan Coogler's best friend so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't see like merit to the criticism. I'm just no. saying it, that yeah. was interesting knowing that backstory. Um, I had on here Bohemian Rhapsody editing but we kind of <laughs> talked about that that didn't make much sense. Man. Um, I was super happy and I know you were too. First man taking visual effects. Yeah. It's cool. I'm glad I didn't get like completely shut out. It's it is it is a stellar production, you know. Anytime they're they're doing the space stuff and First Man is fucking phenomenal, right? And if Claire Foy is not at the table, then it should be given credit for that at least, right? And so I'm glad that it walked away with at least one little golden man. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of it for the Oscar recap. I mean, I, I I did enjoy that everything was spread out good. Every movie that got nominated for Best Picture won something, which is cool. Um, Vice took costume. Um, I guess that was the one that won the least. Uh, first man went nominated, but yeah, I mean, not, none of the winners until best picture and editing seemed like what the fuck, right? I mean, even even when with Bohemian Bohemian Rhapsody winning both sound awards, like it makes sense. Like sound mixing and sound editing both going to Bohemian Rhapsody, like obviously, yeah. And I, you're I, working with some of the greatest musicians. I was on board of, I don't get the editing win. And then I listened to that Ronnie Malik interview this morning and he said like, he's listening to him singing these songs and he doesn't know how they did it because there are professional singers, archive audio, Freddie Mercury and him. And they blended it all together. 
to make some new voice so it wasn't just Freddie Mercury and it wasn't as as Ryan Malik said like as bad as if it was just me. Yeah. Um, so that I was like, oh, that's some high tech sound yeah. editing. Uh, that's what that is. Yeah, bl- blending those together without making it sound like a nightmare creature <laughs> from Annihilation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the the uh, what are they called in Hunger Games? The the mutts. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some like big dog beast with Robin Malik's face and Freddie Mercury's voice, <laughs> big ass teeth. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it. You got anything else on the Oscars from from last night? It's a it's a shorty, but uh, not really. I'm. I was. I was pleased generally, also, but it's. It's not a year that I was super passionate about to begin with. Yeah, the year there were like these. three great films, in my opinion. Like, you know, films that I wanted, I would have been okay with winning Best Picture. Yeah. Um, that was Roma, Stars Born, and The Favorite. Yeah. It felt like they were head and shoulders above everything else. That that was in the nominated field. Um, that's what sucked this year, is I had, a dude, we knew Mind of the Gap wasn't going to win. Right. And we had movies that we loved, 8th grade, First Reformed, that weren't really represented as much as we wanted them to be, or at all. Yeah, um, David was huge on Annihilation. I was huge on Tully. There were films that oh, yeah. were that we loved from the year that weren't just in the Oscar field this year, and that's going to happen, and that's fine. I mean, hey, you know that Black Panther song they didn't play? Maybe put that Hearts Beat Loud song in there, right? If, if you're not going to show up to the ceremony, you're not going to perform it. Then, uh, hey, fuck you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know that's not an actual argument, but <laughs> right. I mean, it's just it's. Yeah, if you want to do stuff for masses, maybe, like, nominate shit that can be given away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I love Woody Allen, but, like, do you really need to keep nominating him? He doesn't, he's not going to come. Yeah. He doesn't care. Yeah. Like, the Grammys stopped nominating Pearl Jam, because they didn't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> so. Yeah, but this has been Talk Talk, the podcast with media by us, dot com. Hop on Facebook. Join some discussions in Movies by Us. If you're a fan of the Oscars, there's also a Games by Us uh, group and a TV by Us group. And make sure you like the Media by Us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and uh, just check out the website. Uh, we'll have more and more content coming up as the year goes on. TheMediaByUs.com And you can hit us up at TheMediaByUs at Gmail if you have any questions or comments. Subscribe. Give us a rating on your podcatching app of choice. And I reckon that's it. Thanks, Chris. Thanks. Oh, we want to thank the Willow Walkers and Boo Reef. <laughs> hey, thanks, guys. Me and Chris don't do the outros and intros, <laughs> so this is hard. But yeah, after the uh, Boo Reef and Willow Walkers thank yous, it's officially over. Kicking rocks down old dusty roads. Small town slowpokes. Long time ago Kicking out records of all the things that I know All the things that I know